Boss Uncaged is a weekly podcast that releases the origin stories of business owners and entrepreneurs as they become uncaged trailblazers. In each episode, our hosts, S.A. Grant and guests construct narrative accounts of their collective business journeys and growth strategies. Learn key success habits and how to stay motivated through failure, all while developing a boss uncaged mindset. Break out of your cage and welcome our host, S.A. Grant. Welcome, welcome back to Boss and Cage Podcast. On today's show, well, I'm, I'm going to give you guys a little tidbit. This show is probably going to be funny, super <laughs> informative. It's going to be a little bit on the raunchy and wild side, but I guarantee you, you're going to get some hell of actionable items by the time this guest is done with you. I've deemed him the champion network boss. Without further ado, Donnie, my brother, man, how are you doing today? Dude, Jamal, dude, I, I'm telling you, man, I am stoked to hang out with you. I've been checking out your show for a little bit now. Your content's spot on. You ask brilliant questions, and you're not a bad dude. So, I mean, it's a pretty wicked combination. So, so I'm looking forward to this, brother. Cool, cool, cool. So, let's just jump into it, man, because, I mean, you have a laundry list of things that you've <laughs> done in different marketing, different strategies. So, let's just jump into, like, the who the hell are you, first off? Yeah, so Donnie Bovine, CEO and founder of Success Champions. There's five companies under that brand. Um, I spent 20 years as a straight commission sales guy making everybody else wealthy and rich and got tired of living everybody else's dreams. Launched uh, Success Champions in 2017 and didn't realize, realize I spent my life being an employee of others. So when I launched my business, I had no flipping clue how to be a damn business owner. So I promptly ran my business straight into the fucking ground. Um, found podcasting in 2018. Uh, turned the company around. Podcasting taught me business. Um, I ended up having one of the top podcasts in the world. I've got some cool screenshots of my show sitting right next to like Jocko, Tim Ferriss, you know, and all the guys. Um, and then, you know, from there, we've launched all the business. So uh, it, it's been crazy. I speak, well, I spoke, I should say, all over the world on podcasting, sales, business development. Um, and now we're continuing to run and gun and change lives and help people get out of their own way and build that fucking freedom they sent out when they started to run a business. Nice, nice. So, I mean, I mean, you, this is just take little pieces of those puzzles, right? <laughs> so as a sales guy, and I think that was the hook that when you was telling me that, you know, you wanted to kind of be a guest on the show and it was like, how does a sales guy become an entrepreneur? And most people will think, well, sales guys are into business and they're selling, but to your point, they're kind of like slaves to a system and they're earning and they're killing what they're keeping. Right. But you realize that and then kind of converted that into a business structure. So what does that journey look like for you? Well, you know, it's fascinating for me is when being a sales guy, right? And I, I've sold hundreds of millions of dollars over the years, but as a sales guy, I sold. That was my job. My job wasn't accounting, operations, delivery, uh, um, you know, structure, processes. My job was go get the deal done. So when I launched the business, I did that. I went and sold. But in my head, I had to be a CEO, right? So a CEO is a guy back behind the scenes doing operational things and all this stuff. So I got into this weird series of, okay, let's go sell something. Now we got to fucking deliver it. Oh, crap. Now I got to build this thing. Here comes the operational side of thing. Process structure. Oh, crap. I've been back here on the backside of the business. I haven't sold shit, right? Now I got to go back out and try and sell things. And this wicked cycle came along. So 
Um, it, what happened was it, somewhere around January of 2018, I stood on, uh, stood on the back porch of my farm, looked at my wife and said, babe, we're about to fucking lose everything we have. Um, uh, I blew through my nest egg because I was trying to throw money at a business versus learning how to be a business owner. Mm-hmm. And she looked at me and she finally said the key phrase that got me to start pulling my head out of my ass. And she said, look, you've got to get off your ass and go sell something. You're not meant to be behind your business. You need to be out front. Um, so I started selling and and building that business up again. But the biggest shift I had to literally make is to stop being an employee. Because when I built my business, I built a damn good job for myself and not a company. So I had to flip the script. And one trick your audience may enjoy is this is how I figured out what I was doing to be an employee versus a business owner mm-hmm. is I wrote down everything that I was doing in my company, fucking everything, every task, job, role, everything I was doing in the business on left side of a sheet of paper. I drew a line straight down the center of this damn thing, top right column over that. I wrote, would Steve Jobs do this task? And then I went through every freaking item <laughs> and I was just doing a lot of stupid shit that I shouldn't be doing. Mm-hmm. So, and, and that's when I finally got into podcasting and it flipped the script uh, and taught me about outsourcing operations, process systems, and what it was like to really be a business owner. So, so I had to go from just sell it, then somebody else takes care of it to, okay, what's the process of sales? What's the process of business? What's the systems and everything behind it? It was a massive leap. Yeah, gotcha. That, that's definitely serious insight. So let's just talk about your business use a little bit. I mean, you're a published successful author on one hand. You have a coaching program, a networking program. You have magazines. Like, just list out your your, your business structures and, and, and what, what does that look like? Yeah, so five companies all together. So we have Success Champions. It's a consulting company where we go in and we consult Fortune 500s and Fortune 1000s on how to use podcasting as a business development tool. Nice. Underneath that consulting umbrella, we also teach small up-and-coming people business owners how to launch a podcast and monetize it Hmm. Um, and then we have another consulting arm underneath there where we bring small business owners in through masterminds and help them scale and grow their business so that's all under consulting Hmm. we then have the success champions podcast which we generate well over six figures a year with that um, through various uh, different entities some sponsorships and the like we have success champions magazine with almost 10,000 subscribers in it it's a digital magazine um, where we have a Facebook group where we feature uh, people inside of our Facebook group and they provide all the, all the articles and content. So it's written by small business owners for small oh, business owners. Nice. Um, then we have the Badass Business Summit, which is something we launched in 2020, um, where we bring speakers and small business owners from around the world uh, talk specifically about the business development side and scaling and grow their business. And then we launched Success Champion Networking in 2020 as a competitor to a BNI or Rotary Chamber type thing. Um, we launched that in 2020 and have now grown that to uh, 30 states across the U.S. We're getting ready to open up uh, Canada, London, and Baja, Mexico. Nice, nice. So, I mean, with all of that, I mean, if you had to define yourself in three to five words, which at this point, I think even for me to think of three to five words to describe you is difficult, but I'm going to ask you to do it, right? <laughs> right. Define, define yourself in three to five words. Um, the guy that's teaching others. Yeah. And what, what I mean by that is, dude, when I launched a business, nobody, 
everybody was out there saying how easy it was, right? You need to be an entrepreneur. You need to do this, right? And and even Gary Vee, and I love a lot of the shit Gary Vee says. I don't love everything, but, you know, Gary's out there like, you know, you should, you know, there's no reason to work for somebody. You should be, you know, being an entrepreneur. He doesn't say it exactly that way, but, you know, uh, there, there was a lot of people and all of a sudden being an entrepreneur became like the new MLM. You know, you, you be an entrepreneur, you're a millionaire overnight, right? Yeah. Um, and so I think part of me got caught up in that hype, um, caught up in that journey. And when I launched the business, I think a lot of my struggle was, is nobody was teaching how to be a business owner. Mm. You know, they were teaching different various tactics and strategies, but nobody was teaching how to be a business owner. So for me, I literally decided early on that I was going to teach what I was learning. Mm-hmm. So, and I think a lot of the success that I've found is I've shared the fuck ups, I've shared the failures, I've shared mm-hmm. the screw ups, and I've put everything out there for other people to hopefully have some sort of roadmap of how to do the things I've done. And I just teach from, you know, my own experiences. And, you know, uh, we have a mantra in my company is go break some shit, because if you're not fucking things up, you know, then then you're not learning, you're not growing, you're not trying to get to that next level. And so, um, I mean, shit, I'll sit on a zoom call with almost anybody to to help them you know figure their shit out and you know i want somebody when they're done talking to me to be able to run through a fucking brick wall because they're ready to fucking light the world on fire nice nice so So, i mean with that i think i saw one of your videos i think it was um on instagram and you were talking about if you don't have any haters then you're not being (laughs) loud enough you're and and the reason why i'm bringing this up because dealing with clients they always think like okay prime example emails Send one email a month, send one email a week. And I'm just like, you got to send emails like damn near twice a day to even get through the bullshit to kind of get in front of people. So why don't you kind of talk about that a little bit more about if you're not yelling loud enough, nobody's going to hear anything you have to say. Yeah. So my my latest book came out on Amazon and it was Endless Stream Referrals. And uh, I... Dude, I got a one-star review on this book. Now, this book's I've sold almost 16,000 copies, and it continues to blow up and have a lot of fun on there. Um, and I got a one-star review. Dude, I took a screenshot of that one-star review, did a video, put that star up behind me, and I, I have no idea who gave it to me, right? But I thank them so much in this video. And the reason I thank them for the one-star review is because that means somebody besides my fucking mom and dad were reading this book finally. Yeah. Right. Because, you know, mom and dad, your family, friends, they love you. They're always going to tell you the good shit. And when the haters show up, celebrate that stuff, mm-hmm. because it means that you got outside your circle. You got outside the people that are going to be nice and fluffy um, and talk to you. And then I'm empathetic. I cuss like a fool. I, I, I That's part of my contents, who I am. And that book literally starts off with, all right, let's get the bullshit out of the way. The reason you're not getting referrals is because you're not fucking asking for them. And I'm I'm almost 99% sure that that's the reason I got a one-star review. I don't think they read the rest of the book, hmm. um, you know, all the way through it. So, so it's one hand, you don't put out content to get hate. You put out content because it's your truth and you feel like the world should hear it, Right. But when the haters show up, man, when, when they start getting on your ass and they're, and they're talking smack, whatever you want to say, every time somebody do, does that, another 10 to 50 people are fixing to see that piece of content. Oh. And that's the beauty behind it, right? That's, that's the joint. But, you know, 
there are what seven billion people in this freaking world yeah seven and change now yeah right you're 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 not going to connect with everyone and you don't need everyone you need your people and what i mean by your people is you need the people that geek out on the same shit that you geek out on mm-hmm. right it's so much easier to do business when you've got a natural connection with somebody and and can hang out with them um yep. not to Go ahead, go, go, go ahead. No, no, no. I think you're going to dive into tribes a little bit. Is the direction yeah, yeah, yeah totally. In. Got totally. you. So, so, like, before we dive into tribes a little bit, like, this, this, I want people to really understand because, I mean, you went from sales to business, so you understand business structures. So, like, yeah. how is your big, you got multiple different business, mm-hmm. multiple different assets. So, are you more like an LLC, an F Corp, a C Corp, a, a combination of multiples? And how is that set up? Yeah, a combination of multiples. So, we're an LLC with an S Corp back. Um, and then we have a ton of DBAs sitting underneath that. Um, all under a success champion's umbrella um, overall, but we split them into different, uh, entities for different revenue lines. So we could track how well a particular business was doing underneath the overall umbrella. Um, for a lot of reasons, more than that too, but, um, it was to, I'm, I'm really big on looking at what's working, what's not working. Mm -hmm. And if everything was smashed under basically one line item, we wouldn't be able to see the individual structure of each one of the businesses. So, um, and that token, I have people who run those divisions underneath everything. So their job is to hold the line on all of those and, you know, keep everything running and gutting and flowing um, as we move through. So, but to give people an idea, we're launching a new podcast right now called Growth Mode. Um, That podcast has a 12 person team on it producing that podcast but so um uh it's it's a pretty wicked structure and scale and i'll be honest some days it's a lot of shit to keep going Mm -hmm. uh in your head because you know um there's there's like anybody knows who's run a business it's a lot of work um you know it's it's gets complicated when you bring a lot of people to the table so i mean that kind of goes back to the original thing we're talking about with tribes right so you have essentially two separate tribes. You have your internal tribe that's essentially running your business. You have your external tribe that you're talking to and communicating with, right? So how does that, I mean, what systems do you have in place to manage? Because it's a two separate tribes. Yeah. Two separate- well, you know, it's, yeah. it's almost one tribe. And here's what I mean. So uh, one of the greatest things I did for my podcast was launch a Facebook group. Um, and having that Facebook group gave a place where the champions, the people who listen to the show could come to hang the fuck out. And I launched the Facebook group, same reason I launched the podcast. I wanted to get around other entrepreneurs and business owners because I had no, no entrepreneurs or business owners in my life. So I kind of really felt like an island and out there on my own. Cause when I talked to family and friends, I'm like, Hey, this is fucking up in a business. And their advice was go get a job, you know, um, early on. And anybody who's, who's tried to run a business, be an entrepreneur has heard that. So I created all this so I could get around other people that were doing the things. So what's fascinating about having that Facebook group was everybody who works for me, take it back. There's, there's two people that don't, um, out of everybody who works for me, they've come from that Facebook group. So they've come from the tribe. So as that Facebook group grew, mm-hmm. I was doing, you know, Zoom calls with people, get to know people and understanding what they were, their strengths, weaknesses. So the cool thing about that is the people that work for with us, you know, they already geeked out on the brand, the message. They were already into what we were doing. 
And we just allowed them to continue to geek out and whatever their company business line is, they just do it for success champions. So it's almost one tribe. So first and foremost, for sure, we got the Facebook group to bring everybody in. And then we got a ton of programs from there between Asana, Entreport, you know, and then team meetings and processes and systems and I am not a process and system guy. Um, that's why I got Kevin Snow, who's my director of operations, because he loves that shit. Um, and, you know, I, big ideas, vision out front. Kevin makes sure everything goes. And I, and I think it helps that he has kind of like a porn star name. Like Kevin Snow is like a cool ass, <laughs> badass name. <laughs> Dude, I can't wait to tell him that. <laughs> that's so awesome. So, like, so, I mean, obviously you've been on this journey for, this shit didn't happen overnight. You mm -hmm. didn't just wake up on a random Tuesday and say, hey, I'm going to go out there and create this multi six, seven figure business. So we always hear about the 20 years it takes someone to become successful. And when somebody meets them for the first time, they're perceived to be an overnight success. Right. How long have you been on your journey? So I launched in September of 2017. So we're about three and a half years in now. But I can tell you it was 18 months into that journey before I felt like a real business owner. Right. It was probably two years into I really started to see momentum and things to start shifting. Right. But dude, I got a long way to grow. You know, I, I got a long way to continue building. So um, I, I, I still don't feel like we made it. You know, um, and I don't know when I'll ever feel like we've made it, um, but we do have some cool things working. Um, and for us, it's it's freaking, you know, let's go break some shit and then keep pushing forward and learning all the way through. Um, patience is a bitch. You know, being patient Dude. to find success is is one of the toughest things. And um, I I really think for someone to find success they got to be dumb enough to hold on where most people will throw in the fucking towel because no sane person is going to put themselves through this shit. No sane person is going to, you know, almost go broke, be up the next day going, Oh my God, this is going to work the next day going, Oh my God, I'm going to lose everything. The next day, get up, you know, no sane person is going to do that. You got to be a little fucking crazy to want to do this. And, you know, I, I think really the, People who have the grit and tenacity to hold on and realize that if they start learning through the process, they start applying those learnings, that they're going to find some sort of second gear yeah. that's going to push them forward. So, man, when it gets tough, put your head down and go dive right the fuck back into it. Yeah, that's definitely a solid philosophy. Because I mean, I always kind of reference that in the sense of a visual, right? I think everybody's probably seen this meme before, where there's two tunnels, two guys with pitchforks, and one is digging away and one turns around and gives up. And the one that turns around and gives up is an inch away from the damn diamonds. Yep. And the other one's a mile away from the diamonds, but he would eventually get to the goal and get to the diamonds because he's persistent. And that's yep. what you're just what you're be saying is being constantly persistent. So in your persistence, right? If you can go back, and change anything, one thing, what would that one thing be and why? Oh, systems early on. Uh, absolutely systems early on. Um, well, I mean, if I want to go back any further, I wish I would have started a business 20 years ago. And anybody says they don't have regrets, they're fucking lying. Um, I, I, I think people have all kinds of regrets, um, mm -hmm. you know, all the way through. I mean, each of their own, but, but I wish I would have started a business 20 years ago. Nobody tells you when you start a business that you're going to finally meet yourself. 
Um, Because look, working for somebody else, you got excuses for days. You know, as a sales guy, if my numbers were down, it was like, ah, the economy sucks. The leads aren't coming in, you know, too much competition in the marketplace. And you can make up all these bullshit excuses while your numbers weren't down, but still be successful, right? Still hitting your quotas and everything. So it was no big deal. When you get out and run a business, there's no one left to fucking blame but you. Right. So you're out there. If your shit's not hitting, you're you're not getting the numbers you need to be getting. You're not accomplishing the things you need to be getting. That's on you. So I always tell everybody, you know, success, that's your fault. Failure, that's your fault. Yeah. Everything happens. And I'm not saying you're a you have a fault. I'm saying you're fucking up or you're fucking up right, you know, and, and getting it. And once you take, you know, kind of the Jocko Willings ownership of it all then life gets really, really simple. But when you get down to a spot in life when you realize that you dug this fucking hole, like I did when you know I had to look at my wife and say I was going to lose everything, you realize that if you, for your world to change, mm-hmm. you're going to have to change. And dude, when I, when I finally started just figuring me out, I didn't like that motherfucker. I didn't like that I wasn't a dude that totally got after life. I didn't like that I was a dude that did good enough was good enough. I didn't like being just okay. You know, so I had to start figuring out, okay, what the fuck am I good at? What what things really get me off, get me ticking, get me fucking rocking, and then go do those fucking things. And the more I did the things that just got me fucking stoked and going, the more people showed up in life that started doing the things that I fucking sucked at. Yes. Um, and and so, so that's the biggest thing, man, is start a business a lot earlier and fail a hell of a lot faster than I, than I currently did. Um, that's crazy, man. In, in that moment, I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm on the football field. and I'm like, yes, coach. Yes, coach. Get it in the game. Coach. Put me in the field, coach. Right. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So, I mean, you, you got the hustle, right? You got the tenacity, right? You got you got balls of steel. Are you from an entrepreneurial family? Like, where Fuck is this no. gusto I love coming this question. from, man? God, I fucking love this question. No, I'm I'm not the kid who had the fucking lemonade stand. You know, I didn't sell Boy Scout cookies or, you know, I didn't have shit. Nobody in my family has ever run a business. Nobody um, has. My dad worked for Xerox as a technician. Wow. Mom worked the front desk receptionist of an eye doctor for fucking years. Growing up as kids, dad was a truck driver. Mom worked in factories. Mm. Uh, my brother, I did four years in the Marine Corps. My brother did 24 years in the Marine Corps. My other brother was a fucking sales guy. Um, all of my family were employees and banks and real estate and everything else. Nobody in all of my generations ran a business. Um, I'm the first one as far as I could fucking know. And trust me, sitting around my family when I said I'm walking away from almost a seven-figure income partnership and everything else to launch my business, everybody looked at me like I had two fucking heads. You know, and, and it was, it, it was wild. So, I mean, but that goes back to why I had to surround myself with people that were doing this too, because my family, my friends, I mean, I I remember the day that I told one of my, my best friends, uh, that I was walking away from all this and launching a business, the dude looked right at me and goes, Oh my God, how are you going to pay your bills? What are you going to do? Where's the income coming from? And I had to look right back at him and said, I have no fucking clue. I'm going to figure all that shit out. And he was white. I mean, 
like scared shitless white um, for me because he just was like, no way in hell he could do this. And for me, that was all the indicators that this was the right damn direction to go. So every bit of this shit I've had to learn along the way, and it's been a painful journey, you know, learning a lot of this stuff. It's It's been really tough. So fucking thank you for that question. I really, really appreciate that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a cool question in a sense because most people by default think, that if you are an entrepreneur, if you're a business owner, that it comes from some genetic genome somewhere. Right. And in reality, most of the successful people in the world are kind of like they woke up on, on a, one day and made a decision. They made a decision, like you said earlier, to change, to change their outcome, to change their legacy, to change everything they're going to do moving forward. So, I mean, in that change, you, you brought up earlier about your wife, right? So how do you juggle like your work? Because I mean, obviously you're juggling a lot of different things. And, 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 and from what I can tell, like you're engaged 100%. So how do you juggle your work life with your family life? So let, let me bust a myth really quick for most people. There's no such fucking thing as work-life balance. It is an absolute fucking myth and people need to quit beating themselves up. Here's what I mean. If you run, no, there's, there's one caveat to this. If you're an employee for somebody else, work-life balance all day long, eight to five, go home, be with the family, blah, blah. If you run a fucking business, you're never going to fucking stop thinking about the business ever. It's a 24-7, seven days a week fucking, you know, endeavor. Um, so my buddy, Mike McCallowitz, who wrote the book Profit First, mm -hmm. um, Fix This Next Pumpkin Plan, good dude. Um, he put it this way, being married to an entrepreneur is like being in the passenger seat of a car that's doing 100 miles an hour going down the freeway and there's no fucking steering wheel. Um, because... Being around people that are crazy enough to do this business ownership thing, to be an entrepreneur, whatever the fuck you want to call it, um, is absolute pure insanity. Especially early on when you don't not sure where money's gonna come from and you're 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 trying to figure it out and you know, your spouse, your loved ones, whatever, they've they've you know, never done this either. So they're having to adjust and learn along the side. So I'm not saying be with, don't be with your family. I'm not saying you don't go out to dinner. I'm not saying you don't go on trips. What I'm saying is when you do those things, you're going to be thinking about the business. And that's okay. Hmm. Right? It's okay to be thinking about what you're working on. It's not okay to be stressing about what you're working on because that'll fuck a lot more things up. But it's okay to be thinking about. It. So it's it's not a matter of trying to balance it all. Okay. It's a matter of being you and allowing your spouse and family to be a part of the game on that journey. I mean, uh, my wife is one of the most wisest people on the face of the earth. And she's constantly, if my head's up my ass thinking about something and I say it out loud, she'll put me in my place without even, you know, blinking twice, you know, and, and, you know, give me a different perspective. Hmm. But she'll also in the same sentence, she'll tell people, I have no fucking clue what my husband does for a living. Right. Um, but that's kept some sanity in there. So there is a little separation of church and state, if you will, that she doesn't need to know all the inner workings of the business. So we can talk about other shit and have a fun conversation. But she knows that I'm always going to be working on the business. Um, gotcha. And that's part of the game. So so don't beat yourself up over work-life balance, folks. Gotcha. So, I mean, going into like 
just your general day-to-day. I mean, what's what's your morning habits, your morning routines? <laughs> this is what your people are going to think I'm fucking nuts. So in addition to these, these five businesses, I run a full working farm. So right now I'm on my farm just out of Fort Worth, Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got goats, chickens, ducks, geese, sugar gliders, bearded dragons, fucking turkeys, um, you name it. We've got it all over the damn farm. So I'm up at four o'clock every morning. Um, and four o'clock, I get up, I read, I journal, um, I work out, and then I go take care of the farm. Taking care of the farm animals about an hour endeavor um, between you know getting all the stalls ready, getting the babies milked, and you know everything all the way through. About seven o'clock, I'll sit right here in this chair. So it's about a three-hour morning trek to get all set. About seven o'clock, I'll sit right here. And I will be in almost back-to-back Zoom calls till five or six in the evening. Um, and some days I have to remind myself to run downstairs and go get fucking lunch. Um, but if, if I'm not on a Zoom call, I don't feel like my business is moving forward. Hmm. So um, I'm either talking with a teammate, figuring out what's going on the section, or I'm, I'm talking with a client, or I'm talking with a prospect. Um, you know, to come into one of our programs. And then I'll finish the day either with a kickboxing class um, or some, you know, extra reading. I don't read a whole lot in the afternoon. Um, But then, you know, I'm going to cook dinner. It's going to be ready most times before my wife walks through the door. Um, And then we're going to sit down. We're going to watch a couple hours of TV together because that's our time to unwind and everything else. I'm going to pour myself a stiff glass of rum um, and, and sit on, sip on some Captain Morgan, put my feet up, and then we're in bed by 10 o'clock so I can do it all again. Nice. Um, the only thing that changes up is on the weekends. I don't do the sitting here on Zoom. I do more farm work. Um, you know, And Thursday afternoons, um, we shut down the whole company at 2 o'clock. Um, whole company shuts down at 2, and you go spend time wherever you want, doing whatever you want. So we call it our farm day. So we're doing a lot of projects around the farm uh, just to break it up uh, a little bit in the middle of the week. So to, to, to confirm your statement, yes, I think my audience will think you're batshit crazy for running a, a full-blown <laughs> farm. And, I, and I'm sitting here thinking, I'm like, okay, well, he's in Dallas and, and I'm in Atlanta, right? So, and the thing is, you booked this podcast at 8.30 in the morning. So what, you guys are about two hours behind us? No, one hour, 7.30. 7.30. So I'm just like, okay, it's 7.30. And I usually do that early for like people in like Australia to kind of make sure. <laughs> and I'm like, why the hell? Okay. Now it makes perfect sense. I'm like, well, this dude is up pretty damn early to get on a podcast. So, um. Jumping into like 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 books a little bit. Every sure. time I interview somebody on this podcast, I always have opportunity to grow like my book club. So, what books are you reading? What books got you to where you are? What books do you want to recommend? <laughs> so, uh, books that got me where I'm at. Um, probably the book that made me make the leap mm-hmm. to being an entrepreneur was "You're a Badass at Making Money" by Jen Sincero. Yes, um, that that book was just right timing, right read. Um, uh, along that journey, and I can I can remember sitting on the back of my tractor, um, listening to the audio version of that, laughing my ass off as she's talking about the goat breaking in the house and shit. Um, <laughs> if you haven't read that book or listened to it, you need to. A phenomenal read. So, absolutely amazing book. Um, business wise, the book that helped me get the finances in order for sure is Profit First by Mike Michalowicz. Um, freaking brilliant read. Um, uh. Personal finance then would be Automatic Millionaire by David Bach. 
Um, absolutely amazing read. Uh, the book that um, I'm completely devouring right now is Atomic Habits, nice. um, which is a, a um, and part of our Success Champions networking groups. Um, we do a training every Thursday at 10 o'clock if you're a member of the networking and all the chapters from around the U.S. come together and I do a training. We're actually doing a book club for this month. So every Thursday nice. at 10, we're reviewing. So right now we're going through Atomic Habits, which is a, a, a phenomenal read. Um, Prison of Your Own by Sean Kane. Um, I'm just getting ready to drop his podcast interview on my podcast. Nice. Um, brilliant, brilliant read about how he spent five years in prison uh, and turned his life right. around. Um, so good stuff. Oh God, there's 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 a, a ton more, um, but those are the ones off the top of my head right now. Gotcha. Yeah, I definitely appreciate it. I mean, it, it, it flows out like water once you start really thinking about it. And to your point, I mean, I think Atomic Habits, if you have not read uh, Deep Work, by Cal Newport. No, that's that, a good one. Right. Yeah, like I would say definitely they go together hand in hand. Like the okay. synergy between those two books, like you read one, you read the other one, vice versa. And to your point, the Badass series is is a, is a, is a great series. And anybody that has not read the Badass series, I would definitely advise them, like you said, to read it. Because when I first read her first series, and she was like, I'm going to go in there, I'm going to buy this car, and I'm going to figure out how to pay for the shit. And I'm just going to buy the car. And I was just kind of like, that's crazy. And she was like, yeah, I am crazy. And she just did it. And then she figured out how to pay for it. So it's kind of like you have to put yourself in a state of awareness to be on for edge sure. to stay ahead at all damn times. So, I mean, what do you see yourself in 20 years from now? Um, I think in five, we're going to change the world. Okay. So um, I think right now our fastest growing brand is success champions networking. Um, and I truly believe we're going to change how the world networks. Um, we're launching the growth mode podcast to help promote that. Okay. So um it, it, we're in an interesting time as a whole. So there's with cryptocurrency coming in, and I don't know enough about it to be dangerous, but you got these new things called NFTs coming into the marketplace, and I'm learning about them, and they're fucking fascinating. So it's going to be a, a unique role. And, and on one hand, I'm trying to keep up with tech um currencies and those like and the other hand it's you know how do you stay in touch with your tribe and your people so um i in 20 years is such a far reach for me to look at and go this is what i'm going to be doing um uh, i'm not a goal setter guy never have been um i think goals demotivate people and things shift too fast to worry about setting goals so set a freaking quick target let's get to that target and hit the next one so um, but for sure in five, we're going to be changing the world and, uh, we're already doing it. Um, we're just going to be doing a lot bigger and fucking louder. Gotcha. Let's talk about it. You know, I've been part of like, you know, um, power core and, and the other networking groups before. So, I mean, what's the unique factor to your networking group? Like, how is it structured? How does it work? Is it kind of like a, a weekly meetup? You meet for an hour? Like, like, what's your stages on that? So, first and foremost, it's built for virtual, always. We'll always okay. be virtual. Um, I hate commutes. Don't put me in my truck and go anywhere. I lose half a fucking day. Um, so, it's built for virtual, and then it's built on, let's bring real business people together. Um, so there's no multi-level marketing, direct sales, you know, anything like that in there. And then it's heavily focused on uh, education and training. So what 
most networking I think lacks is the ability to actually learn how to grow and scale, not only yourself, but your business. Mm -hmm. So we run four different types of meeting styles during uh, the meetings. Um, there's some similarities to a lot of other networking, you know, one seat per industry, you know, it's an hour long meeting, you know, yada, yada, yada. We have leadership teams and the like. Um, but the meetings is where we start really separating from everybody else. So one meeting, it's going to be a mastermind. We're going to bring people in, put them in small groups, mastermind the hell out of things. Second meeting, we're going to come in uh, and, and look, we don't do the whole 60 second commercial where you spend an hour of the fucking meeting going around trying to learn what everybody does. It's boring and nobody gives a shit. Once I know you're a realtor, once I know you're a you know consultant coach, I don't need to fucking know every week. I need to know who I need to get you to. Mm -hmm. So the philosophy behind everything is I should get to know you so damn well that I can introduce you to my mom or better yet, my best client. That's how networking should be. It's not meant to be a place where you go in and just get referrals. Because if you only get referrals, that thing's going to fall apart and crumble. Your job is to give more referrals than you receive and watch how big your business grows. Um, so meeting number two, we'll do a little portion at the beginning and then we'll split everybody off in what we call virtual coffee. So virtual one-on-ones for 40 minutes to dive into how can two people collaborate together. Um, another meeting, we'll bring in a one of the members and they gotta come in and they gotta teach. They gotta teach something unrelated to their business that other people can use and apply and put in play for their business. And then the last meeting is we got approved speakers that go around to all of our chapters and teach things that are not portion of the business. Like a guy named Dan goes around and he teaches LinkedIn, but it's not the stupid shit like get your profile right and do all this stuff. No, no. he's teaching it. How do you actually use LinkedIn to go get business yeah. um, and some cool strategies? And he runs a tax firm out of New York. So, and he's yeah. teaching LinkedIn shit. So we really divide it up. And then the, the most badass things, a lot of these organizations are like, you know, BNI is a great organization, nothing against it. The one thing that I always hated about BNI is if you were part of a BNI chapter, you couldn't be a part of anything else. They didn't want you to go network any, anywhere else. I'm like, fuck it, dude. Go get, I, you need to be on board. You need to be a part of Rotaries. I don't give a shit if you're part of BNI. Um, you know, but if you're not in the community networking, then, then you're not opening doors for others. So to really harp on that at every Thursday at 10 a.m. Central, we do a live training where all the chapters from around the U.S. and soon to be around the world come together and I'm teaching business development, sales, everything that I've learned and done, how to scale and grow. And that goes back to where right now for you know the month of March, we're, each week we're talking about tom, Atomic Habits. So all the members from all the chapters have come together and we're doing a massive ass book club um, as part of it. So, so nice. it's really about bringing your tribe of people together so you can have other people out there representing your business and helping you grow. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely awesome, awesome, awesome. So, I mean, I'm just listening to you speak, and I'm just like, are you guys are recording, like, those coffee meetings? Are you recording any of it? Because, I mean, that's that's a lot of damn content that you can mm -hmm. kind of broadcast on, on a television station, right? You can kind of get your own Roku station and just take that content <laughs> and deliver it. I mean, you only need 24 hours, and by default, it's not like you get 24 hours in a, in a week, so. Yeah, now nah, we're not, mainly because I wanted to stay as a, a benefit of being a member of the groups. I mean, look, we only caught to be a member of one of our chapters is only $47 a month, mm -hmm. right? I'm not here to try and bank the bank and there's no commitment. So it's not like you got to be there for a fucking year. Mm -hmm. If the shit's working, stay. 
if it's not working get the fuck out if we're not showing up and doing what we need to be do then then get out of it so i want a lot of the stuff to stay behind the scenes so people get it as part of a benefit of of the organization because i go pretty fucking loud and crazy myself with this, mm-hmm. you know the podcast interviews youtube and everything so um and i've got a pretty good team now behind me helping me put out a massive amount of content so nice. we're just gonna see if we can you know I don't think I can ever put out as much content as somebody like Gary Vee does, but we're going to put out a shit ton of content. That dude puts yeah. out a ridiculous amount of content. Well, yeah, I mean, he's been compounding it like stock for like 10, 15 yeah. years. So, and he's I mean, got a team of 27 people behind him yeah. helping him produce that much content. So, yeah, yeah I knew Gary, Gary was on a, another level when he was interviewing himself. I was like, right. wait a minute. Did he just interview himself from 20 years before? Like, how the hell do you... Okay. <laughs> that's, that's real shit, right? And, and Gary looked like shit back in the day. You know, I mean, if you go... Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. so um, I mean, you're talking about all these different systems and tools. I mean, what software that you are using right now that you would not be able to do what you're doing without? Uh, first and foremost is Entreport. So Entreport is... The best way I can put it is MailChimp and HubSpot on steroids. Um, So it's, I don't know, I think you can get into it like for 150, 160 bucks a month. So it's not, it's not MailChimp cheap, but it's not HubSpot, you know, Salesforce (laughs) expensive, right? Um, But uh, that's why I have Kevin. Kevin's an absolute genius when it comes to Entreport, knows how it works inside and out. But our entire company works because of that that program. So if you get an email, if you're getting some sort of automation, you're getting anything that's coming through that program. All the um, nobody writes us a check. All of our um, uh, payments that people pay us, it's all automated. Um, I don't have to do collections. That's all automated. Everything in our company is 100% automated. That's why I'm fascinated by, you know, digital currency coming up, mainly because it'll flip right into our system as it continues to become more mainstream. Uh, the second program is Asana. Um, and, and my team will tell you, I hate systems and processes. Um, they're constantly reminding me, hey, we have a process for that. I'm like, fuck. Because I'm the one that's always going to fuck it up, um, you know, and step by step. But Asana allows us to coordinate all of our team. Um, so we've got team members all over the world. And um, it's really, really cool, especially if you're doing any sort of project management, because you can just put it in stages all the way through. And people know when they're, the step before theirs is done. It gets moved to a new section. You can see it right then and there and and keep on rocking out with it. So those are the two biggest programs. Um, we're looking proactively for a competitor of Facebook because uh, unfortunately, Facebook would be my third one. Um, we use a lot of their messenger chats and uh, I don't want to use Slack. There's just too many complications with Slack. But um, so we're using a lot of their, their private Facebook groups and stuff. So, I mean, you know, if anybody listening knows any great competitor to Facebook, hit me up. I mean, I'm absolutely interested in how we get all of our people, not off of Facebook, but to a platform we can control. Hmm. But that's interesting. I mean, obviously, Facebook is kind of like the elephant in the room, and they're also the big brother and, and everything else under the sun. And they have like maybe 3 billion active users at this point. So Asking you the question because we're both marketers, right? So understanding that Facebook makes it very easy to target users, very easy to say, hey, I'm looking for John, a dad that makes six figures that lives in Texas. 
why would you want to move off of Facebook when you can do that on Facebook naturally right now? Well, it's it's not the marketing that I want to move on Facebook. It's the communication. So mm. for our networking groups, we got a private Facebook group for all the groups and we have private chats and everything else for uh, the champions that are just into the podcast, the magazine, everything we do. We have a, a Facebook group for that. We do all the communications. My fear is at some point Facebook's going to shift and decide, okay, groups are no longer a cool thing. So we're now we're going to kill groups. Um, and if they do that, we lose a huge communication space. So what I'm looking oh. to do is recreate what we've done. The problem, we've tried a couple programs and in trying to get off Facebook, there's no reason for somebody to grab another program on a regular basis. Facebook, they're already there, right? Mm -hmm. They're communicating on a regular basis or having great conversations. So to pull them off of Facebook, you know, and, and there's, uh, we, I mean, Monster Networks, um, you know, there's Convene, there's a bunch of programs out there and we've tried a lot of them. But if there's no reason for somebody to go there on a regular basis, like they're already going to Facebook to see what mom and dad are doing or see what their kids are doing or whatever else, yeah. they're already there. I need to find a way for the company as a whole. How do we maintain that high level of communication where people are engaging, contacting, you know, having a conversation? Um, but it's just off that Facebook platform. And that's what we haven't found is, is every time we try, it's like, well, I forget that that program's over there because I'm not on it already. Yeah, so if I that think makes sense. Yeah, it, it definitely does. And I think we, we've covered some, some, you know, through this conversation, we covered different elements. I think the one element we haven't really dove into is like the magazine side of things, right? Because, yeah. and, and it's funny because I, I think the owner of Podcast Magazine, Steve, was like, if you have a podcast, you should have a magazine. They go together hand in hand. And, and I have like my wife in the background always like talking to me about, dude, you got to, you got to start a magazine. You got to start a digital magazine. And I'm like, I got so many different, I just started a directory, a book club. Like eventually I'll get to the magazine. So I just want to kind of get your take on it and kind of like, how did you stage that? And, and how is that running for you? Well, I think Steve's wrong just, just for the record, because uh, I think the way Steve did the magazine was very, very, very smart because Steve doesn't do shit with the magazine. He literally found other podcasters in, in particular genres and said, okay, you own that genre. Go get me content. Fucking smart move on his part. Oh yeah. Um, you know, a magazine is a shit ton of work. I'm just going to tell you right now. Um, we've got, what, a six-person team that takes care of the magazine. So um, for for us, when, they, when my team came to me, because what happened was we were in the Facebook group. We had a ton of people that were like, hey, we need more content from you. Mm. And a lot of people were like, hey, we just need more and more and more. I'm like, fuck, how do we continue to produce more? And somebody on the team said, hey, let's start a, a magazine. I'm like, dude, I spent seven years in the commercial printing game. I am not about to spend the capital to print a magazine. Mm. And they're like, no, 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 you can do it online. I'm like, what do you mean you can do it online? And I, I had no idea that magazine, online magazines were a thing. Mm -hmm. So um, they found a couple of programs and we got into it. The first episode, the first issue, it was it was fairly easy straightforward put together we figured it out where it gets complicated is the the consecutive issues so we put out a new issue every other month mm -hmm. um and you know there's a lot to think about in a lot of moving parts you're like you got to figure out okay what's the cover who's the cover mm -hmm. what's the story of it what's the theme of that particular 
particular issue. And then you've got to figure out, okay, what's all the content that's going to go with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, there's a lot of people that want to contribute to a magazine. So it's okay. Who's going to edit all that stuff. And then, you know, turn around it's, you know, you've got to put page layouts and everything all together. Um, and, you know, we generated a significant amount of money off of the magazine as a whole. Um, but there's often times where I'm like, fuck, why are we still doing this? <laughs> because it's, it's, it really is a, a lot of work um, with it all. But I, I would 100% disagree that if you have a podcast, you need a magazine. I think that's probably some affiliate play on his end. Um, but, um, you know, because the average person is not going to produce enough content to be able to fill out a magazine. You know, because you're talking six to 14 articles written, 750 to 1,000 words. You've got to go find those people to write those articles. And then you've got to, you know, have those edited. You've got to get pictures and graphics that are license-free to go along with each one of those articles. You've got page layouts. Then you've got to deal with advertisers and figure out which ad can go with which copy. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so there, there's, and there's some legal things behind the scenes to cover your ass too. Um, all the way through it. So I'm not saying I'm not trying to discourage anybody from doing it. I'm just saying that unless you're going into that magazine already with a revenue source created, and you know, there's going to be a revenue play out the gate, then I would look at a lot of other things before I started a magazine. So I mean, in, in the monetization of it, I mean, obviously, you have subscriptions, right? You have advertising spots maybe you have affiliate deals and affiliate offers in there are there any other monetization options for a magazine um we've had people come to us and pay to write articles um you know because they wanted they were launching a new book or uh everything out there so instead of doing the affiliate pay you lay you know um and there's people that you know have paid to put advertising in there and then pay to put you know write an article in most of our articles are not paid for um but if they want to do an advertisement and then do kind of a write-up for their advertisement then they're going to pay for the ad and then in there so that's the uh, the additional in there but it's also a massive lead magnet mm-hmm. um, to all of our other stuff. So we'll put our own ads in there for our podcast workshops, our own ads in there for our podcast. You know, we'll put our own ads in there for Success Champions Networking. So it's a great place to advertise our own stuff and then we can track it all. So we can see what's come from the magazine and watch the flow of it all. Hmm. So, gotcha. Um, and yeah, we've got just, a couple of affiliates. Affiliate programs in it. Yeah. So I'm just I mean definitely some insightful information and, and it kind of, you know, drills down the hole a little bit more about magazines. So I mean, this is just talk about final words of wisdom. So let's say I'm an up-and-coming entrepreneur. Maybe I was a sales director. Maybe I was starting out in sales and I'm like, fuck this. I'm tired of working for the man. I want an opportunity to run my own show. They hear this podcast and they're like, yo, Donnie is the truth. What words of wisdom would you give to that person to continue them on their journey? Um, One, don't do it the way I did it. Um, Create a side hustle and and get that side hustle to a level that replaces your current income, Mm. then jump. Um, 
I think if I would have done that early on, I wouldn't have been as mentally exhausted as I was out the gate uh, trying to build this thing. So that would be first and foremost. Second thing is, is don't pigeonhole yourself into one business because oftentimes the business people start is not the business they finish up doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so go try fucking everything. And if it's fun, keep doing it. If it sucks, don't do it. Um you know, it, it's like somebody who wants to start a podcast. Don't start a podcast that's about your business. Nobody gives a shit. Mm-hmm. Start a podcast on something you completely geek the fuck out on. So you could still be wanting to talk about it five years down the road. Yes, you sir. know, all, all the way through. Because if you if you do something like I had a gal who ran a tax firm say, hey, I want to start a tax podcast. I'm like, no, you don't. Mike, who the fuck wants to listen to a tax podcast? She goes, well, I think my business is well. I think it can be a great lead generation tool. Mm. I'm like, how much do you enjoy talking about taxes? She's like, I fucking hate it. I'm like, right. So why would you start something you fucking hate? I said, what do you geek out on? She goes, oh, dude, I love wine. I'm like, all right, tell me more. And she's like, you know, I love that, you know, different wine tastes different in different glasses and different brands. And she starts going into it. And she's like in this 10 minute freaking diatribe of of stuff on wine. I'm like, go start a wine podcast. You obviously geek out. And she goes, but how does that fill my tax practice? And my answer is always simply this. What is Gary V's business? And people were always like, well, he's a motivational speaker. No, he is not a motivational. He runs a $130 million ad agency. He's got Vanner Sports. I mean, he's got like five or six businesses behind him. And then I'll flip it. I'm like, what's Tony Robbins' business? And they're like, oh, he's a motivational speaker. No, Tony has like 31 businesses to the tune of like $5 billion. You know, motivational speaking, what he does on stage is his lead magnet to get to every fucking thing else. Mm-hmm. Start a wine podcast is the same damn thing. So so don't turn your passion into business. Go find something very fun and then do that hmm. and watch how much more shows up for you. Nice, nice. I mean, to your point, I mean, Gary started off with liquor as well. So. You're right, he did. Maybe that's the answer. Everybody should just start some sort of liquor thing. You know? <laughs> yeah, definitely. So, I mean, I get. I, how do people find you online? I mean, you have a, like a lot of different handles, a lot of different profiles. So, which ones do you want to broadcast? So, pretty much, if you go almost anywhere, you can you can just type in Donnie Bovine and and you're gonna get there. So, last name is B O I V I N. And it's Donnie with an IE, the proper way to spell it. No Y in this shit. Um, <laughs> um, I got the same problem you guys, Jamal. Is, 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 is nobody can get my fucking name right. Um, so I, I keep threatening. I'm going to do a Gary V episode where he's like, Vayner Chuck. I'm going to be like, Bovine, because that's how you pronounce the fucking thing. Nobody ever gets it right. Um, but. Uh, or, I mean, if, if they want to get to me fast and directly, they can send the words, I am a success champion to 817-318-6030. And that'll get them to me very, very, very quickly. Um, and I'll respond and everything else. So, so, but cool. yeah, I'm everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. I'm definitely with, with the whole name thing. It's like, I usually have to say it's, it's like Shannon, but you change the last letter to an L. <laughs> it's got, you got to like do a depiction for them to, to, right. to get it. So, I mean, going into the bonus round, right? If, if you could spend 24 hours with anyone dead or alive, uninterrupted for those 24 hours, who would it be and why? 
Right now, I'm fascinated with uh, Richard Branson and Elon Musk, um, and and I don't think I could sit long with Jeff Bezos, um, but I'm I, I think we're in a very cool time uh, in history, um, and, and I'm not picking these guys because of their wealth. I'm I'm more fascinated what they're trying to do. When you got three of the richest men in the world all competing to get their our asses in space, yeah. that fascinates the hell out of me because I'm I'm looking. Okay, these guys have built some of the largest companies on the planet. Mm-hmm. Um, so they've got this driven drive, whatever the fuck behind them, and now they're putting that behind going to space. I I really wanted to to sit in and be a part of those conversations just to be around guys that think that big. I mean, Steve Jobs said it. The only people that can change the world are the ones crazy enough to believe they can. And those guys are are, are absolutely proving that right now with what they're doing. So I'm I'm fascinated by that. But out of the three, it'd be Richard Branson. And and the reason I pick Richard Branson is they're growing up for me business CEOs, presidents and all that were fucking assholes, right? You had to be a cold-hearted white dude that, that was just a prick. And 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 I love the fact that Richard Branson, pers- my perception of him, right? I've never met the guy. But my perception of him is he is a kind, gentle soul mm-hmm. that has run his business that way. And I hope I can always emulate that because I think it's truly a beautiful thing to watch how he treats his people, how he always seems to put them first and still has made a shit ton of money, but maintain that, that level of pleasantry. I know Gary V puts that shit out there all the time, but Gary V still strikes me as one of those guys to be an absolute dick to work for, you know, (laughs) nothing against the guy. I just, I, I, I think at the end of the day, his hustle and grind is, is going to beat the shit out of some people though. Yeah. So, but Richard Branson's always just struck me as that dude that was just genuine down there. And I could be completely wrong, but that's, mm-hmm. that's my perception of him. I mean, to, to, to your point, I think Sir Branson is one of those people that you just kind of look at like this dude with the whole virgin, he went to so many different tentacles and to your point, like now he's kind of venturing into space. It's, it's kind of only makes sense for him to be in that market and to be kind of like a nice guy. Cause he's been doing it forever. Yeah. He's been yeah. doing it longer than, I mean, he's older than everybody as yes, well. Yes, he is. But <laughs> if you haven't read the book, Losing My Virginity, which is, you know, kind of his life story up until he did Virgin Airlines, yeah. uh, which I'm so disappointed at Virgin Airlines and not in the U.S. anymore. You want to talk about the best plane to ever fly on. Yeah. If you even ever fly Virgin, it's, it's amazing. But yeah. um, uh, just a phenomenal story of basically how a hippie kid, as I look at it, you know, built this empire. It's, it's pretty fucking cool. Nice, nice. So if money wasn't a factor, would you still be doing exactly what you're doing right now? Yes, and um, uh, money's always going to be a factor mm-hmm. um, uh, of everything you do. But I'm really enjoying this. The, the, the biggest thing that I'm looking forward to um, and one of the things that's on my wife and I's agenda as we continue to grow is we'll create an entire wildlife refuge um, for all the critters. Um, she really wants to create a old dog's home. So when dogs are get sent to the shelters, nobody will adopt them. She can go in and rescue them all. So uh, um, business wife, life wise, hell yes, I'd still be doing all this. Um, but I'll also put this caveat on there is why the fuck would anybody do anything if they can't make a lot of money and really impact the world? 
money impacts and changes a lot of things, right? The more money you make, the more money you can fucking impact and change for others' lives. Um, advocacy and all that stuff is a beautiful thing, but it takes money to move mountains. Um, and so, so I'm looking forward to the day that, you know, we can continue to create and do some just amazing things to continue to impact and change the, and change the world as a whole. Um, and, and just do, do some good shit. Gotcha. So I, just based upon what you just said, I think my, my daughter would probably want to move from our house and move into your farm because she collects, <laughs> she collects animals like their baseball cards. So, <laughs> so if you need a, like someone like a, like a, maybe a summer hand, right? <laughs> we'll put her to work, man. Uh, I'll, I'll give her a weekend muck and stalls and she may change her mind. <laughs> I don't know, man. She, she's pretty engaged. So I love it. I love it. <laughs> Encourage so, that. You know what I mean? Because we need more people out there that, that maybe aren't in that world and realm wanting to get into it because it takes, it takes people from the outside that aren't doing it to really make great change. Cause oftentimes we're, we're in the weeds of doing whatever we're doing. Then an outside perspective of somebody who hasn't necessarily done it mm-hmm. and goes, why do we do it that way? Is a fucking beautiful thing. So encourage the shit out of that, man. Gotcha. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, going in, into closing, I mean, obviously we had a hell of a conversation, a lot of waves, a lot of ups and downs. And I think we definitely delivered on our promise in the beginning. This was going to be an interesting conversation, a lot of insightful details on how to structure businesses and just give insight to who you are. So on this journey, did you have any questions that may have arrived that you want to ask me? Oh, dude, I, 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 that is a fucking first on all my interviews. Yeah, actually. So this boss uncaged. Mm-hmm. What is it? So, so if I'm just walking down the fucking street mm-hmm. and I see boss uncaged, mm-hmm. what is it? So you're talking about what is it from the business side or what is it to the, to the, not to you, to, to me. You. Oh, to me, it always, my, my representation of boss uncaged is twofold. On one hand, it's an opportunity to target people that see the word boss and they're intrigued by the definition of what they think boss really is. And essentially it's helping them on their journeys to become entrepreneurs, whether they're small business owners, whether they're startup companies, this, like you're a great example of why I wanted you on this show, because you're going to give content and deliver information to that viewing audience. On the other hand, it's, it's, it's especially my legacy. It gives me opportunity to look at my Rolodex and expand my Rolodex into people like you to then give to my grandkids and my kids and other family members down the road to listen to this 20 years from now, 15 years from now, and be like, damn, everything that they're talking about, essentially one is evergreen. And two, 20 years from now, someone's going to be able to listen to this and be like, holy shit, I can take what they're saying and apply action to it. And 100 years down the road, do the same thing. Yeah, fucking love that. One more then for you. Yeah, yeah, go for it. What are the four arrows? Oh, so the four arrows essentially is the components of like just business structure. So it's essentially a person, right? It's a yep, it's all yep, about the, yep. the inner inner you, but it's essentially symbolizes multiple revenue streams. It symbolizes multiple facets of business. It symbolizes intelligence, intellect the grind. It's like anything that you want. I always say it's kind of like triangulation, right? You have to kind of figure out your ins and your outs, whether you're going to be an entrepreneur, if you're going to talk to podcasters, if you're going to establish something down here, if you're going to talk about revenue, what are your four main components? And those four main components should then be revenue streams. And then you compound and compound and compound out. Love that. Love that. Last question. Yeah, go for it. How are you taking your brand big and fucking loud? I mean, every day I'm pushing it and promoting it. But to your point, I think that 
I'm going to get bigger and louder as I continue to interview people like you continue to get out there and interview more and more people and get more and more people on the show. And I think that's going to be my compounding to get louder and louder and louder and amplified. Fucking love it, dude. Keep doing, man. Seriously. Uh, I love the research you did behind the scenes in the show. Uh, good shit. And I love the dialogue, man. Well done. Well yeah, done. I definitely appreciate let it. Me, let me, let me do one solid for you. So, yeah. so guys, if you listen to this episode and, and you got any tactic tip trick, something that was a value for you, do me a favor and teach somebody else how to subscribe to this fucking show. Being a podcaster, I can tell you reviews are beautiful and we love them, but subscriptions mean fucking everything. And there's still a lot of people out there have no clue how to listen to podcasts, watch YouTube, whatever. Freaking go teach somebody else how to dial into this shit so his message, his word, his brand can touch more lives and so he can impact and change more lives. It'll mean fucking everything. I definitely appreciate that, man. And it goes to show, like, not only are you a good dude, you're a hell of a marketer, a hell of a brander, and you understand the philosophy of business behind the scenes and how to network. So I definitely appreciate you taking time out your busy schedule to be on the show. You gave hell of nuggets and jewels on this episode, and I hope that my audience will take heed and take action on what you've taught them today. I appreciate you, brother. Definitely, man. S.A. Grant, over and out. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Boss Uncage. I hope you got some helpful insight and clarity to the diverse approach on your journey to becoming an Uncaged Trailblazer. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, and share the podcast. If this podcast has helped you or you have any additional questions, reach out and let me know. Email me at ask at sagrant.com or drop me your thoughts via a call or text at 762 762- 233-BOSS. That's 762-233-2677. I would love to hear from you. Remember, to become a boss in cage, you have to release your inner beast. S.A. Grant, signing off. Listeners of Boss on Cage are invited to download a free copy of our host, S.A. Grant's insightful ebook, Become an Uncaged Trailblazer. Learn how to release your primal success in 15 minutes a day. Download now at www.bossuncaged.com forward slash free book.